0: Hello? and welcome to this week's edition of The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge Television brought to you by our friends at Ditchwitch. Bass Edge Television is on the WFN network and also on the Wild TV in Canada and we'll be back on Versus starting first quarter January of 2009. This is Outdoors Dan and my co-host, the host, the host with the most, whatever you want to say, Aaron Martin from Bass Edge is right alongside. What are you doing here, pal?
1: Hey, I am eagerly anticipating uh, kind of this week's podcast. You know, we have Mark Tucker that's, that's going to be joining us and I think he often lends a, a, a unique perspective obviously former bodybuilder continues to work out uh, very vigorously but uh, he's going to share some of that and how that translates over into kind of his performance on the water
0: yeah I like how he intimidates those bass by showing him his gun yeah
1: he, you know he flexes the old biceps there and gets them all fired up yeah
0: mark if you're listening I'm sorry <laughs> well,
1: trust me if you've seen him I mean that, that guy is like a brick house dude uh, so <laughs> yeah
0: I can't run like a mark <laughs> exactly. I apologize uh, so no, that's that's pretty good. And then we're also going to talk about uh, Steve Brigman. Steve's got some stuff coming up. And what is this Christmas shopping stuff already, huh?
1: Christmas shopping, man! Can you believe this? I mean, it, it's like uh, Halloween is is you know right around the corner. It seems like, and and each year it seems to be getting earlier and earlier. But uh, you know, I've I've uh, made kind of a pledge to myself this year. I'm going to start mine a little early.
0: Well, you know what? All the guys at Bass Edge Control need to get a life. (laughs) It's not even Halloween yet, man. Come on! I could just see all you guys with all your little holiday lights on your boats, and you know, having the old. uh, How big is the tree on the back of the boat?
1: It's uh, it's little, but you know, my Santa hat that I wear, and it's it's to die for.
0: I'll give you $100 if you do a show <laughs> oh, with an eight-foot Christmas tree on the back oh, of your boat all lit dude. up. I'll give you 100 bucks. I want to see it, because I don't think, in the 23 years I've been doing this stuff professionally, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that on TV.
1: Well, uh, yeah, and you may not see it yet, so <laughs> it's not worth $100. I,
0: I want to see how you can flip around that tree there, boy.
1: There you go. Yeah,
0: that's that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> hey, folks, we got all that, plus we're going to check in. Uh, who's on the inside? Oh, Major, C- we're going to hear from Iraq.
1: Yeah, that is right.
0: The Army Bass Anglers.
1: Yep. Kind of freaks yeah. me out whenever I get a call and it says the National Defense Department, so you know you're important or in trouble
0: Yeah. when that well, happens. Yeah, all right. Go serve your country. Man. There we go. You know, you should do like a USO tour of bass
1: fishing actually that has been talked about before so
0: yeah i mean i know the fellows would love it and right. all the, and all our service people and exactly. all right are you ready to go let's go folks it's all right here for you on the edge
2: you're listening to the edge the official audio program of bass edge brought to you in part by ditch which is on experience the revolution oh look here i got one i got one Look
1: here. <laughs> I mean, he whacked that football jig. The blades will dictate a lot of times the speed of the retrieve or the depth of that bait. Oh, good fish. Good fish. Did you see him come off that log? Whoa! look at that saw gun, going, man. That's awesome. You know, you've got to just stay active. Fishing is not easy. Oh, man, that's a toad. This is unbelievable. Welcome to
0: the Edge Outdoors, Dan here, Aaron Martin, alongside Holiday Central for all you bass uh, fishermen out there. That's right. You know... Fall is here, man, and when I think of fall, I think of one thing: early morning, late evening, midday spinnerbait.
1: I definitely like to do that. Also, you know, just kind of the top water. I mean, that has got to be one of the most exciting uh, bait choices. It can be very frustrating, but when it does happen, very visual, very uh, just a lot of fun, and uh, gets that heartbreak going. Bringing up uh, about the spinnerbaits, that has a lot to do with you know, kind of looking at why are they so effective, and when we break down kind of the seasonal conditions, uh, whether it be you know spawn, summer patterns, fall patterns, transition into that if you kind of think about it the the bait fish have kind of been fed on all year long so you kind of have the the bait fish are actually decreasing in numbers compared to what they were earlier in the year around the spawn and kind of the massive influx you know bass have been digesting those all year long but the other thing is that you know the crayfish become more active obviously we've talked about here that's a delicatessen and uh, so when you have decreasing numbers of bait fish and Also, because of the cooler water and the crayfish are starting to move around, plus you have the the bass actually coming back into the shallows. You can't forget that jig either.
0: Well, Aaron, you know, this time of year, the bass fish are starting to migrate too. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. They're moving uh, definitely. They're them creeks and everything else. No question. I mean, because again, they're looking, you know, that that surface temperature is cooling down depending on where you're at. You know, you've got the fall turnover with that oxygen stratification that we've talked about so many times. So, comfort is a major factor now that's coming back into play. And based upon what Bob Lusk has told us before, you know, they're going to stick out comfort, they're also going to seek out food, and if they have the shelter and the security, man, you don't need any more.
0: No, and you know, one of my favorite things is if you got a major lake that feeds into a river or, you know, vice versa, you know, that's a great time to go fish that mouth of that system because them bigger fish are going to be moving up in those rivers.
3: Well, and you're
1: exactly right, and I think the key thing to point out there is, is chances are there's probably going to be some moving water, so that water yep. water is going to be a little bit cooler, but the other thing is... Also, the fall rains, you know, we've been going through, uh, based upon these weather systems from the hurricanes, things like that, when you have a big runoff and it brings all that new water and new nutrients, well, guess what? That water has oxygen in it, and kind of combating what we just talked about as far as the the turnover and that, those fish are going to move up very, very quick. I've seen uh, situations to where I've been out practicing one day on a tournament, it rains like the Dickens overnight, and then the next morning, maybe you were fishing 18, 19 feet out in the depths, but because of the new water that comes in, man, you got to pick up a spinnerbait or a spook, hit the banks, because those fish have tucked right up there against the bank to get the benefits of that newly oxygenated water that's flowing
0: and, in. And they, they know there's going to be
1: food there, No too. question.
0: Absolutely. Steve Brigman is going to be spending some time with some top anglers, and it's going to be here in the next couple weeks for you folks on the edge, so you don't want to definitely miss that. And then uh, we talked about it last week. i got to mention it again, because if I don't, Holiday Central is going to me. Christmas shopping now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: you know, you know. Uh, hey, hey, have you done any of your Christmas shopping, or are you one of those guys that kind of like waits until I, Christmas Eve? I
0: haven't Eve?
1: even bought my Halloween candy yet. <laughs> oh, I thought, you, I thought you were going to say you haven't even bought your Halloween costume yet. I no, I, oh, go. okay.
0: I don't need a costume. I just go as outdoors dancing. There
1: you go. But,
0: you know, it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, uh, you know, I know people like to get ahead, but, it, you know, they're right. You do it now, you got it done. You and I, I'm on the road. I start deer hunting here next week. Right. So, I mean, I've got Illinois, Kansas, uh, I- Iowa. Montana, so it's just, uh, you know, the sooner I can get stuff
1: done, that's the better. Yep,
0: that's right. That's right. You know, it's great. Hey, what's up with uh, Keel Guards and Cooks? I understand they got more stuff in the vault, huh?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's one of those things just based upon the time of year and, you know, depending upon the product, uh, a lot of... People like myself who tend to procrastinate—that's more or less just a reminder to make sure that the inventory can get delivered because there has been kind of a uh, pretty high demand on on those type of things lately. So anyway, you'll continue to hear us uh, mention that from time to time, but just kind of yeah, serve as a re- friendly reminder.
0: Yeah, don't forget about the DVDs, folks, because I know I've gotten a lot of people wanting to know about the electronic DVDs. That's, I know that's going to be a popular item.
1: Yeah, that's kind of the hot item. Looking forward to that.
0: Well, you—we uh, we better get over Mr. Tucker before we get beat up. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> folks, we're going to be back. With the incredible Hulk of Fishing, Mr. Mark Tucker, when we come back right here on the
2: edge. Give any type of boat the edge with MegaWare Keel Guard. It's simple to install, and we can now beach our boat anywhere.
0: If you own a boat, you
1: need one of these.
2: MegaWare Keel Guard protects the keel of your boat from sand abrasion, from underwater obstructions, even concrete boat ramps. Kit started under $140, and best yet, it's guaranteed to keep on protecting for life. Thanks, MegaWare Keel Guard.
3: Thanks, MegaWare KeelGuard.
2: Welcome back to The Edge. Brought to you in part by Ditch Witches Zon, establishing a new standard in trencher power and versatility.
1: All right, we are back on The Edge, and this week's guest is a 10-year veteran of the BASS Elite Tour and five-time classic qualifier from Kirkwood, Missouri, and that is Mr. Mark Tucker. Mark, thanks so much for being part of The Edge.
4: Thank you, Aaron. I'm glad to be here and talk with you today.
1: It's no secret that, uh, you know, physical conditioning really plays a, I would consider it a, a major role in your professional angling, uh, you know, former bodybuilder. First off, how do you do that on the road, you know, when you're out traveling so much and because you're really in, in just perfect physical
4: health. Well, I appreciate that, Aaron. I mean, it's hard. When we went to the elite series events where they're back-to-back events and you're traveling from one side of the country to the other, it's almost too hard to train while you're on the road. But you can take precautions in what you eat and how you eat preparing for the tournament. I mean, it's no different than being a marathon runner. You know, you're a marathon runner car blows three or four days out before the event. So, you really have to pay attention before the tournament gets started and practice time. I mean, the practice periods are really more physical demanding on you than the actual tournament as far as you're, you're up at 4.30 in the morning and you, you don't get back until 11. So you're probably not eating as well as you should the days before you start practicing. And by the time the tournament gets there, you are pretty much depleted all your you know, energy, so you really have to eat well before you ever even plan on starting practice.
1: So are you, you know, in addition to the diet, are you working out and lifting or running or some sort of cardio or something while you're going well,
4: used, used to, I would train the week we would get off, and I would really do that. Last September, I tore a bicep a year ago, so I quit lifting weights. Because the problem is, at the level we're at, you're fishing every day from daylight till dark, and that's more cardio than you could ever do at a gym or or on your own or at home. A big help for us the last two years has been Ken Hoover with Athletes Outdoors, and I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he has put heart monitors on about 10 or 11 guys on the Elite Series. And uh, just for instance, Peter T., in the days that we compete, uh, an eight hour day, he burns fifty five hundred calories just fishing. Wow. So you you couldn't hardly do that if you ran on a treadmill all day. Sure. So he's really helped. He brings us a lot of nutrition bars and and, and and what I what I try to do, it's it's hard to stop and eat when there's that kind of money on the line. The competition's so stout that you're afraid to stop and even take a drink of water. So uh the best thing is to get a lot of protein drinks. Ensure there's there's several different brands of protein drinks, and and where you're getting the nutrition in. Where it's not taking time out of your fishing to do it.
1: Well, and you know, kind of putting that in perspective, obviously you're you're at the pinnacle of you know you're you're a professional. I mean, that's what you do. That's right. how you make your living. But you know, even translating that over into the recreational angler who maybe only competes on a uh, every other weekend type situation, or maybe someone that doesn't even compete, nutrition and physical fitness still impact your fishing.
4: Exactly, and you want to stay. I mean, and it, and it's not only for the fishing part of it, just but just to be healthy. Yeah, And that's the reason I've stayed doing it so long is because I want to get up every morning feeling 110%. And if you don't take in the calories and the protein and the carbs and the nutrition you need, after four or five days of fishing, you're going to be so fatigued that you'll be ready to go back to work to get some relax, you know? It helps you, and in, in not just in the aspect of competing in fishing or being good at fishing, but in everyday life, if you just take care of yourself, it's just like paying rent, you know? Well, and I think
1: you bring up an interesting point when you, you, you said, you know, wake up, and the key word being feeling good. Yeah. Um, you know, we have, Jay McNamara is on here regularly discussing, right. you know, the importance of, of mental conditioning and, and how all the psychological and your thought process yeah. factor into that. In your opinion, is there a, a direct correlation and a tie between, you know, being in physical condition ultimately translates over into you know, making you feel good from a mental perspective as well?
4: Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you don't eat a couple of days and then you get up the third day, and, and, and then protein is a, a big deal where a lot of people, if they don't get the adequate amount of protein in, you ultimately get a severe headache. Mm-hmm. So when you're on the water or whatever you're doing, even at work, you know, if you if you're skipping those meals, it's eventually going to catch up to you, and then you start feeling fatigued. And then when you start feeling fatigued, then you don't have the enthusiasm to continue with being that focused. And it makes a big difference. I mean, the last two years, it's really been difficult on me on the Elite Series and not being able to train like I normally do in the offseason. It's lucky enough that I'm still in good enough shape that I can get through it. But, you know, I'm 47 years old, so I'm competing against guys that are half my age. Sure. And and that's where it really starts mentally affecting you that, that you know that you're like man I I've, I've got to stay on top of this because if you ever let it start getting away to where you don't feel like training and eating right and if you don't eat right you won't train and if you don't train you won't eat right so you've got to use both of those philosophies to keep you motivated.
1: Yeah, and and definitely they go hand in hand and exactly. you know time and time again I mean throughout. Numerous interviews and discussions that I have with a lot of you guys, the common denominator, it seems, is that everybody always refers back to, I made a good decision, and that's the reason for my success or something like that. But bottom line is, prior to making that decision, you have to have the mental and the physical capabilities, like you say, feeling good to make those.
4: Exactly, and, and and to have the gumption to do it, you know. I mean, you may think it, but in the back of your mind, you're, you know, you don't pull that trolling motor up and go do it, you know. Sure. So I mean, that's number one. I mean, and that's what's helped me the last ten years to stay motivated and and go work out. I mean, it's it's grueling. I mean, to come home after driving two thousand miles and fishing for two weeks to try to go to the gym. But the best thing is is when you get in that gym, and it's no different than getting in the boat, the best thing is you get your mind away from everyday life and and get it away. If you've had a bad tournament, I go to the gym three or four days in a row, and I, I let that pass and start a new thinking process and, and forget about the bad things and, and try to think more positive.
1: So, for instance, in order to, uh, what I'm hearing you say, to, to get the maximum benefit from that, it's just like what we talk about you know fishing in the moment being in the present moment of what you're doing versus what you the phone call you need to make or what right. happened in the past bottom line is your sole attention is what's at hand
4: exactly and, and and you kind of let go of a bad event or you know you lost a couple of fish that really cost you and, and it's good to just get in there and have a peace of mind get back to working out and and try to do better the next event
1: sure Assuming, let's say, an angler has, has reached a space of, of physical, you know, and, and mental conditioning and preparation, you know, according to their definition. Maybe, um, maybe they haven't reached kind of at your level, but it's something that's helping them, uh, you know, reach, reach their goals. How do you apply, take that then, and, and really, I guess, leverage that into being able to read water and tying that more into the fundamental skills, uh, you know, as an angler?
4: Well, and I mean, that's just like you were saying earlier, you're just more mentally prepared.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And, and any obstacle that comes in front of you, if you're healthy and you're eating correctly, you can make those adjustments very fast. And, and it's another thing that, you know, when we're on the water for two and a half days, you have to make decisions quickly or you're going to be in the back of the pack. So you really want to pay attention to what you like to do and how you like to fish. And more, more times than not, you will be able to find those patterns that you like to do on that body of water somewhere, but you can't give up on it in two hours. Sure. You know, it's no different than, you know, Rojas, he'll go to a lake and throw that frog for three days and then finally figure him out, you know, the last hour of practice, and ends up winning the tournament on a frog. So you can't lay down the bait that you have most confidence in. You know, and there are certain extremes that you know, you're not going to be able to apply that application everywhere. But if you like a certain style of fishing and you stick with it, you will finally eventually run into that style.
1: So, you know, here we are the, the fourth week of, of September. You cite, you know, a jig as really as your primary fishing strength. Is is that your benchmark? Is that your starting place of, of, you know, for right now, if I said, okay, Mark, I want to meet you at, you know, Lake X, are you going to pick up a jig and, and go you know, to...
4: That will be that will be one bait that's tied on my line all the time. And, um, you know, now, like I say, if you've only got a short amount of time to practice before the event, you're going to have to have some other baits that you're going to have to rely on as well. But I would like to be able to catch them on a jig because I feel more confident that I'm going to do better in that event if I'm pitching a jig or casting a jig or whatever it may be, but I'm going to try to fit that jig in somewhere in that tournament. You know, it might not be all the time, but if I can find two or three places that I know I can catch a couple fish on that jig, I'm going to work that into the scenario.
1: So provide us with, you know, given the time of year that we're in, and maybe even perhaps walk us through if that differs geographically depending upon where you're at. Right. But what what would be something that we need to look for latter part of September here moving forward for the next few weeks? What would you be looking for for a high percentage area? What are the things that you're going to well, be keying in know, on? you
4: know, we're getting close to the fall turnover.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And right now we've just came off a full moon Uh, A lot of the lakes around the country right now are pretty stained yet. Some of them, they're still generating water to get them back down to normal pool. Most of the fish this time of the year will be suspended if there's not much current. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to be using bait that I can watch my line, a jig, a worm, whatever it may be, will be on a bluff and and, and working it off the ledges and watching the line as it's falling because most of the fish won't be on the bottom. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh,
4: Most of the fish are going to hit it before it gets to the bottom. So you're really going to have to watch your line and also swim in a jig. Um, I like to do that this time of year because it stays up in the water column and, and you catch a lot more suspended fish around pole timber or docks. I'll fish a lot of the docks that are sitting out over 30 to 40 feet of water. And the fish may only be four feet deep. So you really have to watch your line this time of the year. You're not going to get that early springtime thump. You right. know, you won't feel the fish bite. You'll just see the line moving. And even even over that 30 to 40 feet of water around those docks and that, you know, you'll throw a shallow running crankbait, you know, one that runs three or four feet deep. Or a spinnerbait, Um That's the type of stuff that's going to occur right now Till we get in, you know, we get a couple frosty nights, and then the fish will move up to the chunk rock or or to the bank to where you can catch them, you know, banging a crankbait off the bottom or a spinnerbait or, you know, possibly even a horny toe, something like that. But right now I'm fishing where they've been for the last month or two till they get ready to move before it gets cooler.
1: And and you know, speaking of, of the fish being suspended, traditionally thinking that if they're up in the water column, I thought you brought up an interesting point because you're adapting, taking a style or a strength of yours that you have confidence in that right. proved result. But yet you're modifying. You know, a lot of people when you think of a jig, the first thing that's going to come to mind, you know, is flipping or pitching to a, a specific uh, right, piece of cover. Down. But yet you're using it to kind of hit the fish where they're at, up in the water column.
4: Exactly. We, I just had a guide trip. Last week, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we went to Lake of the Ozarks, and we caught 50 fish a day. And the guys that I'd taken there live on the lake, and they said they have never dreamed of fishing that way. And they was just astounded that you could catch that many fish a day. And they said that, you know, they have never did that. And I said, well, that's, you know, there's certain other key factors you have to look at on those docks and bluffs. And you have to really analyze where you're getting that bite and what's it around and duplicate it, and you can just about go anywhere on the body of water you live on right now and, and, and use the same pattern from dam to dam or dam all the way up to the river. You know, it's not just in one section of the lake.
1: Sure. Well, and, and in our, our last uh, question here before we have to, to close out, you know, what do you gauge or, or what do you put out there and say, you know, if this happens, then I can consider it a successful day. Is it always the same thing or do those conditions change?
4: The biggest mistake most people make right off the bat is, and I know it's hard because it's no different than going hunting or anything else, you want to see results immediately. Go out there, you put the trolling motor down, you fish for 15 minutes, and, and you haven't had a bite yet. So the main thing is is don't fish too fast. I mean, really let the fish try to dictate how they want it, and be patient the first couple hours, you know, till you establish a pattern, then you can speed up. And there's always a time to speed up, and then there's a time to slow down. And I like to start off slow in the mornings and, 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 and really fine-tune what I'm going to do the rest of the day. You know, uh, most guys, they, they start panicking, and they start trying too many different things instead of sticking with, you know, a couple baits and just just being patient and, and methodical about how they go about fishing it, and try a couple different things. But the big thing is don't get in a hurry. Hey,
1: I, I, I couldn't have said it better thank myself, you. Mark, and I, I think that is such great advice. Unfortunately, though, we are out of time. But once again, thank you so much uh, for taking time to, to be with us here on the edge, and uh, look forward to talking with you again in the future.
4: Thank you so much, Aaron. And it's been a pleasure to talk to you. You know, I got to
0: tell you, I'm a little jealous of a guy that can consume fifty five hundred calories a day and still not be fat.
1: Well, that's that's what he burned. I mean, he, you know, yeah, I, I kind of compare that to when they oh, that's
0: what he just burned. That's, that's what, what he, he
1: burned. Eat. Yeah, I mean, oh. he he eats. Uh, you know, if you watch this guy and his dietary uh, habits, I'm pretty envious because you know, I, I always think back to Michael Phelps. You know, during the Olympics, they did that little deal on him to where you know, he was burns he like twelve like, hundred. Yeah, and it was like twelve thousand. Yeah, Yeah, exactly but uh, I, I think it's very interesting how he ties all of the physical conditioning and the, and the nutrition into his day on the water.
0: Well, he's exactly right. I mean, you, you go out there and, you know, some people, and believe it or not, folks, from doing radio for as long as I have, there are still people out there that have never fished in their life, and I feel sorry for them. They have no idea. They just think that if you go out there and flip and, and do whatever you're doing on the, with your boat, you're just sitting there relaxing. And You know, you spend six, seven hours out there on that rolling water. It really affects your arms, your back, your neck, and the better shape you are, the better fisherman or fishing person you're going to be.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want people to to pity us uh, well, that no, we've got a right right rough left. life, but the, the fact of the matter is, you know, you know as well as I do, Dan, you take a day of throwing DD-22s or topwater frogs, you know, to where you're making those long casts, and having to twitch and stuff like that, it's physically taxing. The other thing from that, though, is the fact that, like Mark said, if you're not paying attention to what you're eating, making sure that you've got that energy replenishment, electrolytes, things like that, that then transfers over into... The ability to make mental decisions. Maybe yeah, you're you not as sharp. That.
0: You betcha. And hydration's very important.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. You know, you
0: got to stay hydrated.
1: It, it, it all ties together, and I, I thought uh, you know Mark did a great job as always doing that.
0: Yeah. Uh, so he really prefers jig
1: fishing. Oh gosh, yes. When I asked him that question, as far as you know, this particular time of year and kind of that being his his primary fishing strength, I guess. You know, I pose the question, is that kind of your benchmark of, of where you start uh, based upon what your preferences are? You know, and his comment, is, as you will know, was, you know, well, there will certainly be a jig tied on my line. And I think that goes back to what we talked about before. That is year-round, but also specifically this time of year, you know, the fish are moving shallow. Those crayfish are starting to move around. So he's going to rely heavily, you know, on that jig.
0: That's great. Hey, just between you and me. Okay. How many emo's pieces do you think he could
1: eat? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I would hate to guess, but knowing him, you know, he, he probably wouldn't even eat it. There's, there's probably something that's outside of the. You know what? I shouldn't say that because um, his kind of his philosophy on that is. You know, not to necessarily do without, but just be smart about the decisions that you're making and kind of what you put into your body. Yeah,
0: because you know how many, I mean, if he's burning 5,500 calories, he's got to be eating more than half of that or double that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I know. Well, and that was actually, that was part of a research that him and Peter T. And I think there was about four other anglers uh, that did that. A, A research firm came in and put these monitors on them just to design nutrition programs specifically for the anglers because, you know, that's, that's the other thing. You're dealing with long periods of time, daylight till dark on the practice sessions and then also, you know, the tournament days. And, and most yep. anglers will tell you that practice days are more difficult and physically demanding than, you know, the tournament days because by the time that the tournament rolls around, you kind of most likely have everything dialed in. And uh, you're just basically working your system.
0: Yeah. Well, it was all good stuff, Mark. Nothing but the best, buddy. There you go, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I like
1: how you did that. Uh, please. Uh, so, but we yeah. better get on yeah. to. Uh, well, like I
0: said, I don't want to be at the St. Louis Boat Sports Show and have have being tapped on the shoulder and look around and. Yeah. <laughs> hey, how you doing? <laughs> I, I got gotcha. you all right man we need to go check in with the troops so folks we're going to take a break when we come back we're going to be seeing or hearing rather from major cody robertson from the army bass anglers right here on the x
2: you've got the truck you've got the toys now it's time to get the hitch that gives you more time to play with both it's the toe and stole receiver hitch by b and w you want options? Select the ball size, adjust the height to level the trailer, or stow it out of the way in just seconds. It's 10,000 towing pounds worth of durability, convenience, and the latest technology that has made b famous. The Toe & Stow Receiver Hitch by b Call one best hitch Welcome back to The Edge, the official podcast of Bass Edge. Hello and welcome back to The Edge and
1: joining us for this week's installment of the Inside Edge is Major Cody Robertson, live from Iraq on active tour of duty. Cody, thanks so much for being part of The Edge once again.
3: Hey Aaron, thanks for having me back, I appreciate it. I I can't believe it's been uh, seven weeks since the last time we talked, Uh, but uh, glad to be back.
1: I know, and uh, I'm sure for, uh, for you a lot of things have changed and just to kind of bring us Up to speed since our last discussion there on the uh, 4th of July weekend. You know, how are things going for you?
3: Things are going really good over here. And, uh, you know, I'd like to kind of let everybody know that, one, I'm doing fine. Uh, The two other soldiers that are over here with me, uh, Jared and uh, Mike, are also doing fine. I'm part of the task force. And and I'll tell you that uh, we've achieved a a lot of uh, security gains over here with some incredible training being conducted by Coalition Forces mid-team trainers and uh, their ability to do some uh, serious coaching, teaching, mentoring, and training uh, with the IA, the ISF, the IP, and the Sons of Iraq. We've seen some tremendous security gains, and I'm sure everybody can read that on MSN, Yahoo, or whatever, but uh, there's been a lot of significant changes. The security situation has, has completely changed, and, uh, and we're proud of it, and I know all the soldiers out there are probably really proud of that as well. It's a lot of hard work, and they've done a great job.
1: Well, and, and certainly we're very honored and uh, thankful. Uh, for not only your service, but all of our servicemen and women whom are uh, serving over there and uh, representing us. And being not too far removed from the Olympics uh, here, you know, just basically about a month to six weeks here, you know, that I'm sure helped all of us kind of watch the Olympics with uh, a different meaning this year. Oh, yeah.
3: Well, we're getting to watch it over here, too. and I mean, what can you say? That Michael Phelps, man, it, he's, a, he's a machine,
1: isn't he? <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. And, uh, you know, uh Uh, Just what he is able to do, you know, in in the pool, uh, kind of translates that over into, you know, the Tiger Woods, the Michael Jordan, the Kevin Van Dam. I mean, certainly all those guys are uh, really in a league of their own.
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, KVD is right up there with them. I mean, uh, if you were to draw a comparison between the two, I think you got your comparison right there.
1: Yeah, no doubt. You know, how far into uh, your tour of duty are you?
3: I'm uh, Right now I'm coming up on uh, my six months. Uh, I'm fixing to actually take off and head home for R&R, believe it or not. Uh, Time is uh, flying by when you're having fun. I I wish I was having fun, but but I'm headed home.
1: Will you have to return back, uh, or are you home for good?
3: No, I've actually got to come back again for round number two. Uh, My deployment's uh, for 15 months. Uh, Halfway through your deployment, uh, depending on the duration of your deployment, a soldier gets anywhere from 15 to 18 days of what's called EML, environmental uh, leave, and then you get to go home, visit the family, play catch up, get a a well-needed break, and rest up and recharge your batteries and then head back for round number two. And uh, that's what's going to happen here coming up uh, in a short month or so.
1: Again, you know, we can't thank you enough. And uh, so happy to hear that things are at least uh, going as well as to be expected for you and also the other troops. You know, and and kind of transitioning over, I guess, into there's some exciting things that's going on within the Army Bass Anglers Association, you know. I, I know in our emails and correspondence back and forth, it sounds like there's a lot of great things that uh, that you guys have to announce.
3: Oh, yes. Uh, we're super excited. I mean, I can't tell you how excited we are about that. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to get to be a part of a bunch of it, but still excited nonetheless. Uh, we just got word from uh, Bass and ESPN. Uh, we've been formally invited to be a launch boats for the 2009 uh, Classic. And uh, that's just huge for us. We're so excited. Uh, We can't wait to be a part of the production. We have no doubt that it's going to be almost like a windfall effect for us as far as the organization goes. And then we've also got another big announcement. Uh, We just uh, signed on with Ardent Reels for the uh, Made in the USA program. Uh, We're super excited about that. Uh, I mean, it was a no-brainer. you got all uh, U.S. Army soldiers uh, using a uh, U.S.-made product. And uh, we can't wait to get those reels and get them out on the water. And then uh, we've got both fishing for freedoms coming up. So a lot of big things going on in the next couple of months.
1: Well, and I, I know, you know, just speaking from uh, Bass Edge experience, you know, we've been with Hardent uh, really since the inception and uh, certainly the Made in the USA, you know, the three-year warranty and just the, the full lineup of, of products that they have, like you said, uh, not only means a, uh, a definite match and, and really kind of a no-brainer to steal from uh, your comment earlier, but also uh, just their quality, so I think that'll be well. Now, talk to me a little bit about uh, the upcoming events because, you know, these are things that really uh, impact several people's lives of what you guys are doing.
3: Okay, yeah, no problem. Uh, Fishing for Freedom, I'm sure that's what you're talking about. Both of those are coming up, and both incredible events, Uh, great opportunities for the community or for anybody that fishes to get involved in. And I'll kind of get into some details on each one. The first one coming up is uh, on the 3rd and the 4th, I believe, of October, which is Fishing for Freedom, Take-A-Soldier Fishing. And uh, this is the opportunity for anybody that owns a boat to get out there, take-a-soldier fishing in a tournament uh, made just for them uh, out of Bethan Lake in uh, the Central Texas corridor down there. And uh, it's being put on by uh, Central Texas Boat Association. And anybody can go on our website and get the information there and get involved. I think uh, the last time they did the event, I believe it was over 300 boats. so wow. Huge event, and we can't wait to get out there. And the good news is, is I'm going to be home on R&R and actually get to participate in that event. And I can't wait.
0: Oh, how exciting!
3: India. The, uh, oh, tell me about it. I mean, I get to go home on R&R, see my girls, have a great time, and then I also get to do some fishing with some soldiers. I mean, what better R&R can you think of? The next event, uh, unfortunately, I won't get to be a part of this one i got to head back, but uh, then the next one is Fishing for Freedom, Take a Wounded Soldier Fishing, and I will tell you that this is a super special event because everybody will volunteer. You may not get the opportunity to fish yourself, but you're going to get the opportunity to help a soldier fish out on the boat, and it may require your your assistance for the entire eight-hour period that you're out on the water, and it's a tournament just for them. Uh, some of these guys uh, may not have the ability to you know, to crank the reel, or for that matter, even to make the cast, and you may have to assist them with hauling their fish in, but I guarantee you you're going to get a, a reward like no other when you step off the water and you get to go up onto the weigh stage with those guys and weigh their fish in and just see the smiles on their face. It's incredible, and I get goosebumps every time I think about it. I almost get emotional when I'm at the event, and uh, we had a huge turnout last year. If you can get involved in any event, get involved in that event.
1: And when is that again, Cody?
3: That's on the 25th of October, and the lake is going to be uh, choke canyon down in Texas. I mean, what better lake oh, to be my. fishing on? Yeah,
1: no question. I mean, I've spent some time there. And not only a phenomenal fishery, but also just a great cause. And like you said, you know, I I think most anglers would agree that uh, just the experience and and being able to step in and mentor, uh, the fishing really is secondary, you know, regardless if you get to make a cast or not. But uh, really helping somebody to to be in the sport under those conditions can't ask for a better reward.
3: Oh, no, you can't. Uh, I wish I could put into words the the emotions that you'll feel that day, especially when they get off the bus and you see them for the first time and you get paired up with your angler. You'll get choked up. If you don't get choked up, something's wrong. Right. I mean, it's that kind of day.
1: You better check your pulse, in other words.
3: Exactly.
1: Well, Cody, unfortunately, uh, we have reached uh, the extent of our interview. But uh, once again, before we get out of here, how can our listeners find out more information about the great Army Bass Anglers Association and uh, becoming involved with some of the events and uh, really the support uh, that you mentioned.
3: Oh, well, that's easy. I mean, there's two places that you can go. You can obviously go to your show at Bass Edge and ask the pros, and I'm sure you guys got information there as well. And then they can also go to our website at www.armybassanglers.com. Just click on the Fishing for Freedom page or click on the Returning Heroes homepage, and both of them are populated with all the information you need to get involved.
1: Well, once again, Cody, thank you so much for your time. And uh, live from Iraq, I, I know I'm sure you're probably dealing with the, the enormous time change difference that uh, we're working around. But, again, it's always a pleasure to talk with you, and we look forward to talking with you again here in a couple months. And wish uh, you the best of luck there on the R&R and, and the, the participation in some of the fishing that you get to do on your return.
3: Hey, thanks, Aaron. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate it so much. And uh, climb to a Hooray.
4: When I'm fishing in a tournament, time is critical. I need
2: fast, easy access to my lures. My Cook's Go-To Tackle System keeps my bait organized, tangle-free, and within easy reach. It installs in minutes under any deck lid, maximizing the storage space in my boat. And its durable construction lasts even through the harshest conditions. Get organized with Cook's Tackle System by calling 1-888-390-8780 or online at CooksGoTo.com. Welcome back to the Edge. Hi, right, welcome back on
0: the Edge Outdoors. Dan, Mr. Aaron Martin. From the hosts are it. You, know, what is your official title? I don't know. I'm, you
1: know, I'm boat washer. You know, truck driver. I like.
0: Uh, I like that truck driver. Right? I can see you as a truck driver. Yeah. You know.
1: You know. Yeah. I, I
0: remember BJ and the bear. Kind of reminds me just of. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. All right, here we go.
0: <laughs> hey, uh, you know what? First off, I'm, and all I've got to say to uh, Ma- Major Robertson and all the troops over there, God bless, and we're very, very proud of you. And that's coming from, I'm a vet, and it just makes my heart bust out of my chest when I hear all that good stuff, and God bless you
1: guys. No no question. And, you know, the, the amazing thing is that you take, you know, the Army Bass Anglers, several of them are currently on active duty, you know, obviously. I mean, Major Robertson is, is over there right now, but... Um, They still find ways to serve outside of just um, kind of there in Iraq. And and that just amazes me, you know, how how these guys continue to give back, you know, with the event that's coming up next week in Texas, uh, returning heroes home to where they're taking uh, veterans and and that fishing, uh, just to them running the the camera boats uh, for the upcoming uh, 2009 Bassmasters Classic. I mean, you know, they're they're over there in a, in a foreign country, away from their families. Yet they're continuing to reach out to others and uh, kind of spreading the mission of, of the support, defend, and fish. And uh, so, hats off to to all of our our servicemen and women.
0: And no matter what your politics are, just remember there are troops. That's right. So you don't have to be in, in whatever party you're with or whatever position you have. Just we got to support our troops. And hey, real quickly, I know I sent a whole bunch of copies of uh, Outdoors Traditions TV overseas, and they put them on the armed services network so everybody can watch them. If anybody out there has uh, fishing books, magazines that you're not using anymore, take them to a local recruiter or something and ask them to send them overseas because, believe me, the folks over there will really
1: appreciate it. Yep, no question. There's multiple ways to get involved, but bottom line is do get involved somehow, some way and uh, it'll, it'll make a huge difference.
0: Absolutely. Hey, uh, we talked about this last week, but don't forget the newsletter is ready for you, and if you haven't signed up, please do so. There's no charge on that. Yep. And that's also a great way to get prizes and giveaways. We just need to make sure that we have your shipping information, and the Ask the Pro section has been updated, and what's on Any uh, highlights this week that you can think of, Aaron?
1: We've got an onslaught of of great interviews that's coming up, and and I just want to make sure everybody stays tuned in, but also that e-newsletter that you had mentioned, that is all exclusive information, exclusive video tips. That's 30 days before that gets updated to... Uh, the website. So that is the best way to stay in touch with current events within the Bass Edge community. And then also, you know, the Ask the Pros section. A lot of uh, our anglers are now, you know, kind of in a lull doing a lot of promotional things. But from a competitive standpoint, they're anxious to to answer questions that uh, all of our listeners and viewers have. So by all means, please get those sent in. And, uh, you know, in the meantime, I look forward to the weeks to come because we do have some great great guests and great shows lined up.
0: Yeah, Steve's going to have some really good stuff for us. So thank you, Steve. Folks, if you need to uh, get a hold of us, just go to BassEdge.com. All of our email is there. We'd love to hear from you. If you are listening to us on iTunes, please uh, don't forget if you got time to give us a rating. We'd love to see how we're doing and how we can do things better. And uh, next week, we're going to have just a machine here on the edge. Who am I talking about here?
1: The dean of bass fishing himself, and that is uh, Mr. Rick Klun. Then we'll also rejoin uh, Bob Lusk. He's got some more exciting information to share with us. But Rick Klun's interview, just to give you a little tidbit, he talks, he breaks down the mathematics of shallow fishing. It's one that you don't want to miss. And I know, Dan, uh, you're probably kind of scrambling because you didn't do too well in math, so. Are you
0: kidding (laughs) me? What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. I'm still going to school. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. right.
2: sure.
0: yeah, don't get me started between Washington and Sullivan. All right, and uh, the
1: uh, system. Uh, I'm not even going to give you a chance because we do have to get out of here.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> I need you crawfish on that one. Exactly. Hey, folks, uh, for Aaron Martin, this is Outdoors Dan. God bless, and we will see you next time right here on The Ice.
2: Bass Edge would like to thank the following sponsors who make the Edge audio program possible. Ditch Witch, Mother's Waxes and Polishes, B&W Trailer Hitches, MegaWare Keel Guard, Cook's Tackle Management Systems, Ardent Rule the Water, Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Superstar Batteries, and the Clarks Hill Partnership of Georgia. For more information on Bass Edge, including our television show, training materials, e-newsletter, and podcast, please visit www.bassedge.com. Be sure to join us next week on The Edge.